This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, time for Fan Mail Friday. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger, and I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. We'll be answering your questions and dropping some knowledge and feedback to help you kick the weekend off right. If you're new to the Art of Charm podcast, this isn't the best place to start because most of our content is much more in-depth and longer format. So check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got fundamentals of body language and nonverbal communication, attraction, negotiation, networking, and everything else we teach here at The Art of Charm. We'll send all of this to your inbox if you text charmed, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 3344 here in the USA, or if you're not, go to theartofcharm.com. All right, let's cut to it. Hey guys, I don't know who else to ask. I'm currently writing this message in my third period class because all we do is waste time. Hours upon hours, days, weeks, months, all we do, waste time. I'm in high school right now, quote unquote, learning how to operate Microsoft Access, which is relatively more useful than anything else in school. All I'm doing is wasting time, Time I could be using to pursue my passion, my dream. Because my parents decided that the quote-unquote backup plan is more important than the original plan. It's like being on a battlefield with a general who keeps signifying your importance, but uses all his time asking for reinforcements. And that is a quote from Suli Brakes, as he points out. What do I do? I go to school from 7 in the morning to 2.30 in the afternoon. I work from 3.30 in the afternoon to 6 at night. I work out from 6 to 7. Then I get ready for bed from 7 to 8. Then and only then can I work on my passion until 3 a.m. I'm constantly tired and I feel like I'm doing nothing but wasting my life away from 7 in the morning to 6 p.m. every day. I don't do homework well. I skip classes to go to the library to finish what I couldn't at 3 a.m. When I'm in class, I'm writing outlines for my passion. What do I do? My parents want me to focus on school. Being I'm only 16, uh-huh. I've had brutal arguments with them, even ran away to continue to work on my quote-unquote passion. After my little runaway, they've agreed to emancipate me. Soon, everything I do will be my choice, including school. Do I drop out to pursue my passion or stay in school to follow the road? Signed, do I stay or do I go? Wow. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, you read that really slowly so that every word just it had got to be under nuanced my skin. because there there's a lot there's a lot in there. There is a lot in there. And look, I applaud that you are passionate about something. I applaud that you are working on it until 3 a.m. and that you're tired and things like that. I, I get it. I I know what it's like to be obsessed with something. What's kind of a flag for me on this is that we don't know what the passion is. It's not like this is a job that's making him money or a pursuit that's making him money. Sounds like he's really interested in learning something. I'm worried that it might be, you know, musical or something like that. Something that 
is not likely to pan out as a profession without schooling uh, because the best musicians tend to also be people that uh, have training in that area. I, granted, we see plenty of counterexamples, but uh, w- let's not rely on the exceptions that prove the rule. So you're only 16. And when I was 16, I thought I knew a lot and I didn't. I would, t- I would say this. Look, finish high school and crush it. Don't limit options because limiting your options is what happens when you leave school to focus on something else. I'm glad you have a great hobby which is what it is. Let's throw the word passion out the window. It's just the latest passion. You've probably had many that are equally interesting to you and you will have many more later. If not, that's okay, but you don't want to limit your options. Getting a GED, dropping out of school, whatever, it's not the same thing. It hurts your chances at getting into programs later. And So what you could do is finish high school, do really well, do really, really well, in fact, and then you can forego college for the time being. You can try whatever you want to make money. I highly suggest working for someone else in a field you enjoy, maybe in your passion field, and learning what they do and then learning the reality of the job. That tends to sober up a lot of people, and if it doesn't, then great. It was meant to be, and you didn't lose that much time, and you definitely didn't misuse your time getting your options or keeping your options open. Uh, You might find yourself doing that or college or something else, depending on how that job goes. Look, following your passion, as we've talked about with Cal Newport, it's overrated most of the time, but you'll have to see that for yourself. Jason, you got anything? Oh, yeah. So my high school uh, guidance council had the greatest poster on the wall, and every time I'd go in, I'd look at it because I was there a lot (laughs) Um, because I was just like this guy. I'm like – you know what? I need to get out of here. I want to go be a photographer. I want to I want to be a skate a professional skateboarder. I want to do all this stuff. The poster on the wall was like drop out now while you still know everything. Yeah. It was so sarcastic and such a slap in the face. It's like, "Oh wait, I don't know everything. I don't know anything." And after I got out of high school, and I wasn't a great high school student. I was terrible. I I actually graduated out of summer school because I, you know, wasn't that great at school. But what I was good at was the stuff that I was, quote unquote, passionate about. And it turns out that's not what I did with my life. You know, I went to college for it, took took some side classes. And my pro tip here is if you're going to go to college after you get out, go to your local community college and only take the classes in your, as, as Jordan called it, a hobby or you, what you called a passion. Area of interest. Let's meet in the middle and say area, area of, of interest. interest. Yes, that's a good way to put it. And you're going to save money. You're going to find out if... That's what you really want to do because you find out a lot about the nitty gritty that you did not know before. And, you know, I learned a lot about photography and how it was, uh, you know, how to be a business person in photography. And I'm like, no, I just want to take pictures of naked girls. And uh, Oh, that's not, that's not what the job is. Oh, yeah. man. OK, well, I'm going to go do this computer thing instead. Yeah, so exactly. Which you're also highly interested in, which actually worked out. Yeah, it worked out great. Now I'm a podcaster with you. So I would just, you know, <laughs> Take that I think, for what I it's think worth. he definitely needs to finish high school, though. I, I I think we're totally in agreement with that. Do not drop out of high school. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible idea. I don't know anybody that's done that and been satisfied. Even people that are successful that have dropped out of high school that I know who are very successful, they still don't say, well, that was a good decision. They realize that they just, they realize they succeeded in spite of that. So I think that's important to note. All yeah, right. absolutely. There's a lot of work that goes into to digging yourself out of that hole. So definitely exactly. stay in school. All right. Sound like a video game from the 90s. Stay in school. Hey, Jordan, I'm a big fan of the show and wanted to respond to the message you read from Ross on Fan Mail Friday number 67. Ross asked, how do you maintain a healthy mind and keep improving yourself when there are a lot of problems in the immediate family that no one has control over? 
The advice that you gave was pretty spot on, but as someone that's had the same problem, I wanted to pass on some tips. First, it's important to realize that you can't help anyone else if you aren't taking care of yourself. That needs to be the top priority. It's impossible to make your suffering family member feel better if you're not feeling very good yourself. Second, you need to set boundaries for the family member. That might sound harsh, but it's not an entirely bad thing for both parties. You need to establish exactly how much time you'll spend with them. Limiting that time is the best for both of you because although the family member might need to vent about some things, he or she shouldn't keep both of you on this never-ending negative train of thought. Third, you need to set boundaries for yourself. After you spend that set amount of time with this family member, you need to give yourself a set time to feel bad about it and then move on to your normal schedule. I know this is easier said than done, but it's possible with enough practice. Fourth, you need someone to hold you accountable. You said that you don't have anyone you can confide in about these things, and that needs to change. You need to cultivate a relationship where you feel comfortable confiding in them about this. Someone needs to be there to tell you when you're slipping back into the role of the emotional crutch. Trust me, it'll be difficult, but worth it. I felt so much more in control of my life since I've put all of this into practice. Also, my relationship with my family member that was giving me this problem has actually greatly improved. I'm actually now more effective at helping that person since I'm able to share my positive vibes rather than be brought down by their negative ones. Sincerely, emotional crutch no more. That's an awesome one. I love that. This is somebody who's been in that situation and realizes that there's a way to take care of it. The only reflection I have on this is that it's such a bummer that you've got to set aside time to spend with family members that make you feel awful, and then you have to set aside time to let them... The, to the detox. Mood, right, to <laughs> detox. The mood that they dragged you through, dragged you down, you have to then give yourself time to shake that off. I mean, that's a huge bummer. So, But I think it's important because what it forces you to do, whether or not this is what emotional crutch no more meant by this. What it forces you to do is say, man, is it really worth hanging out with my uncle if every time I've got to detox and then I've got to do this and I got to do this? So you probably then only filter in the people that are actually really important to your life that are having a hard time because you're, you're taking note of how much you need to take care of yourself after this. And so you're taking care of yourself and you're realizing, man, I, I spend hours just being down after hanging out with this person. Maybe I should change and set even stronger boundaries. And, and I think so that could lead to a kind of a healing process there where you might think after a while, I just don't have time for this crap anymore. You know, Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Jordan, why aren't you on Snapchat? Signed, Looky Lou. Honestly, I just don't know what I would put there that's useful. We already have YouTube. I'm making videos there. They last forever. I don't know what Snapchat could do for me that makes any sense and do more importantly that could do for you, AOC family, that makes any sense because if I make a video there, you can't, as far as I know, you can't save it, it doesn't become searchable, it doesn't become a way for me to interact with people that they can then later on go and check and replay. It's just something that dies on the vine or dies shortly after I send it. So We, it, we actually call that in the business ephemeral. It's ephemeral. Right. So I'd rather have the video that we spend time on, the content there, end up on YouTube and work really well there. And if I'm interacting with people sort of one-on-one, -on -one, Twitter seems to do it. I get a lot of email. I mean, maybe I sound like an old guy now and I'm totally fine with that, but I, I can't help but notice that a lot of other people, thought leaders and otherwise, do not have Snapchat. I notice a lot of entertainers have it because they don't mind their content being ephemeral. 
performers and, and things like that. But what I'm looking at is I'm creating educational content as well. So I want it to be there later after me, not by the time I'm eating lunch, it's all dead. So that's, that's the reason I don't have it. That might change later. I don't see that changing. I've, I stopped using Snapchat days after I downloaded the app years ago. So it's just not my thing. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. 
Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name's James. I'm 25 and work in international business policy in the UK. Mm. Mm, yeah. Sorry about that, brother. Yep. You've brother. had a rough week. Yeah. <laughs> we interacted on Twitter last week over the Sam Harris podcast. I've read a lot of Sam's work, but thought you drew out some aspects not normally touched upon by other interviewers, which takes a lot of skill. My situation is this. I'm normally a very active guy playing tennis or cricket or swimming up to six times a week on top of work and socializing. I have a great girlfriend, enjoy my job, get on well with my flatmate, and am generally a happy and driven person. Unfortunately, in November 2015, I was diagnosed with glandular fever and have been suffering with chronic fatigue ever since. I had no choice but to take a month off work to recover over Christmas and have been slowly making a return to work, but had a relapse and uh, three weeks off again from work about a month ago. Work has been very understanding and have allowed me to work any hours I can manage. It's meant that I haven't been in a position to physically grab the opportunities that have been presented to me. One example was a big tech public policy conference in Paris. I'd done a lot of prep, and it's in the area I'm looking to gain real expertise in. This is an illustrative example, but symptomatic of a gnawing sense of FOMO. Have you or any AOCers ever suffered from this? How does one deal with the frustration caused by not being able to operate at the high level one is usually accustomed to? Is there anything one can learn from the enforced slowdown at a time when life is meant to be at full pace? Appreciative of any advice you could dole out, as well as any weird, wonderful remedies you may have heard. Yours, mind in the fast lane, body in the slow lane. Yeah, man. I, glandular fever, by the way, is mono for those of us in North America. I had mono in college. Oh, I was wondering what that was. Okay. Yeah, you're like, wow, it sounds serious. It is, but it's 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 mono. It mononucleosis. The, the kissing disease. Yeah, no, I got it in, in college, and I remember just sleeping for 20 hours a day. Ugh. Wrapping myself up in towels and then drinking a gallon of Gatorade, going back to sleep, waking up, changing the towel because I was just sweating, you know, sweating it out. And then occasionally going to the bathroom, barely eating. I mean, it was awful. It was an awful experience. It took month plus for me to recover from it. I was lucky I got it in college where your level of real responsibility is just nil. Uh, but I, I understand the frustration, not being able to operate at a high level, not being able to operate at a, even a medium level and getting that slowdown. So the, the FOMO, I get it, the f FOMO, fear of missing out, is real. What I do when I get sick in general is I use the opportunity to slow down and deep dive and heal. So I'll slow down and, and rest as necessary, but I'll also maybe line up every movie and documentary that I can on a subject and every book that I can on a subject and every audio program I can on a subject and I start to plow through them and make a checklist and I plow through them. It gives you a sense of accomplishment. You can take notes on your phone or on your iPad or whatever on paper if you want to and you don't have to do much. You're doing a lot of thinking and when you get tired, you literally just hit pause and you go to sleep for a few hours and you pop back up. You could do it 24-7. You can learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. And just don't try to push through and make yourself sicker. Use the downtime to become an expert in something. Just read, watch everything about it. Jason, you got anything to add? Yeah, I had several months of downtime when I broke my leg and had to have surgery on it. And I took that time to learn a uh, basically a skill that I do every day. I wanted to become a much better audio editor and engineer. So I went to the great courses. I went to Linda. I went to YouTube. 
and just started watching videos in bed on my iPad or my laptop, depending on you know how far I wanted to fall asleep. And um, I I spent you know uh, like three months I think in bed recovering from that injury. And when I came out of it, I was a much better audio engineer. And you know I got caught up on a bunch of books too. But yeah, use that time to really. It, it, I didn't know it was I didn't know mono was the actual thing that he had. So he's going to spend a lot of time sleeping. But yeah. in between those sleep times, learn a skill, get caught up on those those uh, international policy debates, because I think once you get back out of bed, you're going to find the UK is a changed world. And you really have an opportunity to uh, jump into some new uh, policy discussions that are going on right now. Yeah, should be should be an interesting time to be to be there and have time to get caught up. Honestly, Look at this as an opportunity to relax and deep dive. You can even change up your diet and detox, lose a little bit of weight if you need to. It doesn't sound like you do, but he's swimming a, six times a week. I'm pretty sure he's, he's probably he's pretty jacked. Fit. <laughs> yep. Sorry about that. But anyway, now you get a chance to work your brain out. But look at it as an opportunity because there's literally nothing else you can do to recover faster. So you may as well enjoy the process as much as you can. Okay. This next one is a comment from an anonymous writer. Jordan, this stuff is manipulative. Yeah, when I posted that in there, there was a lot of other comments that were that I've gotten over the years. This one was a huge long tirade that didn't make a whole lot of it wasn't very coherent, so I cut it down to the kind of the thesis which was that the stuff that we teach at the Art of Charm is manipulative. And I thought that was kind of a ridiculous assertion, but I I wanted to address it because I know that a lot of people not probably people who listen to this, but people who have friends who know that they listen to this might have the wrong idea about it. But when people learn things like social dynamics, it's the same reason that people learn martial arts, right? It's either exercise, it's a way to self-improve, it's a way to exercise discipline, or it's a way to hurt other people, right? You want to manipulate people, you're a con man, or you know, you're know you those martial arts guys, like the, the guys in the skeleton suits and Karate Kid who want to beat people up and bully others. Look, these things are double-edged swords in a lot of way, but not in a way that is accidental, right? It's very easy to control the outcome. And so it's maybe not quite the same double-edged sword we're looking at when we talk about other things. In social dynamics, it's less obvious the harm or benefit than saying get, getting beat up or being out of shape. So you think the world is unkind to you, and instead of doing something about it, you ignore the problem. When you label things as manipulative or something like that, when you try to put a stigma, attach a stigma to this, it tells me that you just think the world is unkind to you. And instead of doing something about it, you ignore the problem. And here's an example to illustrate what I mean. If you were overweight, anonymous writer, if you were overweight and you wanted to solve that problem, you'd be working out. You probably would not be looking down on other people for working out so they could lose weight. But if you are doing that, well, I don't think I need to convince anybody that you're kind of being a jerk about it and that you're wrong to do that. And so I think the same the same sort of understanding, the same sort of courtesy, the same sort of respect should be handed out to everybody who's working out to lose weight, learning martial arts to defend themselves or to exercise discipline or learning social dynamics to improve the way that they operate in the world, especially with respect to other people. So manipulative, definitely not, unless we're going by the very loose definition of manipulation, which is uh, the same thing you would say if a sculptor is crafting something that he's manipulating the clay, if that's if that's the definition we're using, then fine, uh, I'll take the label. But if we're going by the stigmatized definition, like the one I got in this email, I would say that that says a lot more about you than it does about us. 
Hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. A link to this blog post can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF69. Also, don't forget the Art of Charm Challenge. Text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the USA. Or if you're not, go to theartofcharm.com. We'll take you step-by-step to becoming a better networker, making better personal and professional connections, increasing your personal social capital, magnetism, and charisma, and it's for both guys and gals. So check that out. Text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 here in the USA. Or if you're not, go to theartofcharm.com. Quick shout-out to Jimmy Solano Blanco in Costa Rica. That sounds like a long name. I hope it doesn't mean anything kind of offensive, and, and it's like a nickname, and it's an actual name now that I think about it. Kind of like Jimmy White. It sounds like it. Yeah, I guess it is. Jimmy White. Jimmy White in Costa Rica. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up, and I'll shout you out. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com. Now stay charming, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 